Oh, I love that. What a great set. Already we're having a good time this morning. We'll bring the team up later to, to do our traditional benediction when we do communion. We'll bring them up for that. I want to move us into a time of communion, uh, celebrating the Lord's table. And it is both a somber remembrance because there was a sacrifice that was made that we must remember. The Bible says, this do in remembrance of me. So it's, it's somber, but at the same time for the Christian, it's celebratory. Uh, only in, in the kingdom of God can you have somber and celebratory at the, celebratory at the same time. We celebrate the gift that we've been given. Take us to scripture and you can prepare the elements. If you did not get one of these on your way in, they're on the back table back there. Uh, you can get one of them as I speak. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, one of the first things we notice is toward the end of the chapter where there's some instructions, some I'll say. Before taking communion, the Bible says, Let a person examine himself then and of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body, eats and drinks judgment on himself. What does that mean? If I can your eyeballs just for a second. I'll give you time to pray, but what does that mean? Not discerning the body. I think clearly it talks about paying attention to the fact that Jesus died for our sins. But I also think it means to see what you're doing in your flesh, your body. What are you doing in, in life? And I'll remind you that the mark, the goal, the target is very clear. When Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment? He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, body, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And love, everybody say love. Love is the exact opposite of Selfishness, John Barry. Points for that. Everybody thinks love and hate are the opposites. They're not. Hate is the absence of the deeds of love. The opposite of love is selfishness. And so when we come to the table, we got to remember what the Lord said meets the mark. That's loving Him with everything we've got, mind, soul, body, and strength, and loving others more than we love ourselves. Now, friends, if you've done anything to go against that,
ourselves more than we love other people. God, help us to clear our, our flesh of sinfulness and come to you pure this morning before your table. We read in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. You can take the bread out of the container at this point. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Partake of the bread. In the same way, he also he took the cup. Now, Father, we thank you for this cup, this juice that we have which represents the blood of Jesus. God, it was one thing that your son suffered on the cross. We understand the agony. We understand the pain of the whippings and the beatings, the spitting and the pulling out of the beard. We understand that there was great pain in his body. But we know from your scripture that sin requires justice. Blood must be shed. And so, Father, we thank you that you sent your son. Not only was his body broken, but his blood was shed take care of our sin so that he would be the propitiation the the sacrifice that meets the need God we thank you that you delivered that this cup Jesus says is the new covenant in my blood do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me as off as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Amen? Amen and amen. We should remember the sacrifice and tell others about it. Thank you, Ed. Red is the color that the blood that flowed. Did you know that Petra's doing a reunion tour? Does anybody have tickets? Does anybody want to take their pastor? Oh, Petra. Petra. Anybody know who Petra is? Oh, thank you. I was a Baptist school kid. Uh, went to camp, summer camp for the first time. Seventh grader, right? First time at a summer camp. for. The, and I got a camp counselor, David Cunningham. And I got there and David listened to Petra. Never heard anything like that. My Baptist church, I mean, we didn't, never heard of things like that. And uh, what he was playing for communion today was so banned all over the Baptist world. I mean, it's like, Petra, so evil! (laughs) That was a beautiful song. Red is the color of the blood that flowed. Mm. So anyways, Pastor Don has ADD and we're off track. So (laughs) we better get back to business. Would you pray with me this morning? You don't have to say anything out loud, but I encourage you to pray this prayer. God, since there's something you want me to hear, I'm willing to listen. Just give that prayer to God. God, since there's something you want me to hear, I'm willing to listen. God, I pray that you'd be glorified 
pray that everyone hearing this would be edified and we pray that Satan would be horrified in Jesus' name. Amen. A shorter message today and there's no notes. Those of you who are firstborn, we're probably looking for the notes, ready to fill out those blanks. Uh, I apologize for that. There's, you can take notes though, firstborn. I mean, think about that. Without any notes in front of you, you can take notes. It's like twice as fun for firstborns, right? Babies of the family, you're like, who takes notes, right? Okay. Um, but if you want to take notes, you can. There's no notes. Uh, you know, we were still wondering in the last month whether we would do this outside or not. And I was like, ah, I like to do the outdoor thing. I don't know. Um, aren't you glad that we're doing it in the air conditioning today? Amen. Uh, and we have all the stuff and the tools are in here. And so uh, no notes. There's no PowerPoint today. I just want to talk to you. And I, I want to uh, talk about our annual celebration. And I chose a passage, and it's going to be moving. I mean, it's going to, some of you might be weeping by the time I'm done reading this. Uh, You might be overwhelmed with emotions, but I'm going to read a whole passage to you now. And while I'm reading, you can guess, what in the world does this have to do with anything? Matthew 1, 1 through 17. If you got a gadget, you can find that, the Bible app, or you can get a free Bible. Uh, Underneath the seats in some of the sections, there are Bibles you could pull out. Uh, If you actually brought yours, then you get two points, and you can look it up. It's uh, right to the middle there. Matthew's the first book of the New Testament. Chapter 1, 1 through 17. This is the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, Isaac the father of Jacob, Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers, Judah the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar, Perez the father of Hezron, Hezron the father of Ram, Ram the father of Amnimedim, and Amnimedim the father of Nashon, Nashon the father of Salmon, Salmon the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab, Boaz the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth, Obed, the father of Jesse, and Jesse, the father of King David. David was the father of Solomon, whose mother had been Uriah's wife. Pause. Anybody need Kleenex? We okay? We tracking with this this morning? I don't know if any pastor has ever preached these 17 verses before. Not usually read out loud, but that's part one of three. Verse 7. Solomon, the father of Rehoboam, Rehoboam, the father of Abijah, and Abijah, the father of Asa, Asa, the father of Jehoshaphat, and Jehoshaphat, the father of Jehoram, Jehoram, the father of Uzziah, Uzziah, the father of Jotham, Jotham, the father of Ahaz, Ahaz, the father of Hezekiah, Hezekiah, the father of Manasseh, Manasseh, the father of Amnon, Ammon, the father of Josiah, and Josiah, the father of Jeconiah and his brothers at the time of the exiles to Babylon. Part two. We move to part three. After the exile to Babylon, Jeconiah was the father of Shetiel, Shealtiel, the father of Zerubbabel, Zerubbabel, the father of Abidududu. And anybody want to read scripture this morning? Abihud, the father of Eliakim, Eliakim, the father of Azor, Azor, the father of Zadok, Zadok, the father of Achim, Achim, the father of Elihud, Elihud, the father of Eleazar, Eleazar, the father of Matan, Matan, the father of Jacob, and Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, and Mary was the mother of Jesus, who is called the Messiah. Thus, There were 14 generations in all from Abraham to David, 14 from David to the exile to Babylon, 14 from the exile 
to the Messiah. May God add His blessing to the reading of Scripture. (laughs) Any idea why I would read that passage today? You might be thinking, even if it was Christmas, PD, you're ruining it. (laughs) I'll, I'll get there. Maybe you're tracking with me this morning. If it were Christmas, everybody would want to skip to the next section and let's talk about the birth of Jesus. We love Christmas, right? We love that story. Yet I want you to think about this. There's four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and in God's sovereignty, Matthew was the one that was put first for us to read. And the book of Matthew, which starts the whole New Testament, starts with these 17 verses. So I believe, Christian, we shouldn't just pass over these. I think they're there for a reason. I don't know exactly for sure, but I'm guessing that the writer wanted us, everyone, to remember the past. For a couple of reasons. It's not good to just move forward not remembering who you are and where you came from. But at the same time, it's not good to only live in the past and look back on those as the good old days. I'm sure there were people that would always want to remember and talk about, because Scripture tells us to remember and talk about Abraham. Abraham, Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham, right? And then we we move on to the Isaac and Jacob, right? And and whoa, yeah, remember that? And and then, you know, we, we hear great, Stories of God parting the sea. And God tells us to remember that. And so we look back. The problem is some people get stuck only looking backwards. And they just want to think that that was when God did things. That back then is when God moved. That back then is when God did miracles. And so so many people are stuck looking to the past. And then others are so focused to move ahead and forget the past. And I think... One reason that we could start the New Testament on these 17 verses is because it's important to look back so that, everybody say so that, you can move forward in hope. It's a both and here, I I, I believe. So I don't think these are worthless verses. I think they're very strategic verses. For the Jewish person, they would look back on their rich heritage and see those who went before them and remember what God did for them. But at the same time, they needed to know it was all, all of it was leading to something. I don't know what it would have been like to have lived in the intertestament period. Before the New Testament, before Jesus was born, and after the last words were written in, in the book of, what, what's the last one, Malachi? Zechariah, Malachi. Malachi is the last one. Malachi ends... And there's silence for 400 years or so. And then, and then remember, I love what breaks the silence. The silence is broken with a baby crying in Bethlehem. And the New Testament starts, and it's all about the life of Jesus. But don't forget, the Old Testament was there heading to something. Abraham wasn't just a story of good faith. Abraham was there to bring about the future hope. Of Jesus. And so Matthew in wisdom comes and says, Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac the father of Jacob. 
There's three sections there. The Bible says we've got 14 generations from Abraham to David, 14 from David to the exile, and 14 from the exile to the Messiah. And there's a lot of names there. One of the things I want to point out today is that, let me find it, not all the people on the list are the greatest of examples or a pattern to follow. And yet, I love the fact that they're all part of Jesus's lineage. It's all part of what made Jesus who he is. Uzziah, he was prideful and led to his downfall. Ahaz was a bad king. Jotham was a good king. Hezekiah led with righteousness. Manasseh was evil for most of his reign. It includes five women, which is unheard of and shockingly cool. It is shockingly cool. You just would not see this in ancient literature at the time. But in God's word, he included the women that were important. And let me just say, I'm not trying to be insensitive here, but the women weren't all incredible examples either. (laughs) They had baggage. They had past. Ruth was not, she was a Moabite, a cultural outcast, an outsider. I mean, let's just say it. Rahab was a prostitute. All vital in the lineage to head, let's see you're facing me, to head to Jesus. Yes, Abraham, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, we've got David in there. That's awesome until he killed the, the husband of a, a woman he had lusted after. I mean, there's baggage, friends. I mean, there's no denying it. Nobody wants to, to hide it. These are not perfect people. There's some blunders and mistakes and errors and bad judgment all along the path. But it led us to Jesus. Now let me just, aren't you glad that God didn't say, you know what, I just need to wait and find a perfect family. I, I'm just going to hang out here and wait to send Jesus until I can find a great, great family where they're all just wonderful people. And there's no black sheep in the family. There's no uh, skeletons in the closet. There's no awkward Thanksgivings. You know, I'm going to find I'm going to find me a family that's perfect. No, no, God didn't do that. By the way, we'd still be waiting. Amen. How many of you would say you'd raise your hand and say he could have came to my family? My family's perfect. All right, let's admit it. Who's eh, what? No, no, nobody, huh? Uh, uh, Marie. Oh, I got, I got things I could say. <laughs> but you know, if, if God wanted to, he would be pleased. He would be pleased. Why? Because he didn't wait for a perfect human family. There is no such thing. He entered right in. Think about it. God chose to enter right in to a family, into the mess and chaos of imperfection. And through that, he brought us Jesus. It's an amazing thing. And our holy scriptures, I know other people claim to have holy scriptures, but our holy scriptures don't hide reality. God used the past, oh, sorry, the past, to head us toward hope. Why would I do this on our annual celebration. I did it because looking back to where we've been as a church, 
is important to look forward with hope. I know it's a strange text for a sermon. Who was the father of who for 42 generations? I think Matthew was placed there for us to know that the genealogy of Jesus matters. And it's not just simply reminiscing on the good old days when God cared or he did great things. Certainly he did. But seeing the past is a forerunner to the hopeful future. And I want you to know as a church, Oakwood is a great church. I don't know, I come home quite often to just tell my wife, what a, what a great church. We got good people. <laughs> you know, so many, so many things that you do that I don't even know about. So many sharing and caring and serving that happens in, in the love between people. Uh, Chris Lopez is here today somewhere. Chris, where are you at? Just let me know where you're at. There he is. Chris came and shared his testimony in the office. I shared that with you last week. Did I tell you about the person who greeted him for the first time? Chris, Chris sits in, he was sitting in the back and he said, some guy came over and he said, I'm trying to be incognito. And some guy came over and just sat down right next to me, grabbed my knee and said, hey, I'm the official greeter of the back row. <laughs> I didn't know Oakwood had an official greeter of the back row. I didn't know. And he said, and this guy just put out his hand and he squeezed the life out of my hand. I'm like, Bill Miller. (laughs) Amen? Yep. Yep. Bill's out there at the cafe. And I knew right away. I didn't didn't know Bill made sure that people can't sneak in and sneak out without getting somebody welcoming them. There's just so many illustrations like that. We're, We're a great church. Not perfect, right? There's skeletons in the closet and there's been some big blunders and there's hurts and, you know, every church, right? Every family, everybody say family, has bumps in the road, challenges in the journey. But I love the fact that Matthew 1, 117 stands firm and tells us, guess what? God still cares and he enters in. He's not afraid. He's not waiting for the perfect church and then he's going to do something with them. No, God is using Oakwood. God miraculously sent Chris to us, right? He came here in the wrong church. He he, he was supposed to go to the church with the baby shower and he ended up at Oakwood and, and it makes me laugh because God got him here for us on a mistake and God trusts us enough to be the church for him. I love that. He's not waiting for a perfect church. And so, like Matthew, let's look back. It's good to look back. Let's not just stop and look back like those were the good old days. That's the death of every church. I preached a sermon over 15 years ago at a former church. There was three of us that spoke on an annual celebration day. And I got up and I said, we must be careful. We must be careful that we don't always look back and think that those were the days. The minute we start thinking that's the best it gets, we've cut off the hopeful future. There's no denying that it was great. There's no denying God has done great things at Oakwood. There was no denying that God did great things at the church I was at. But my fear was that we were starting to look backwards and say, wow, 
remember when. And it wasn't remember when so that we could move forward. It was remember when because that's probably as good as it'll get. And I stood that day and I gave a warning that every church must hear. Any church that stops looking forward with hope and only looks back will die. I won't tell you what the result was in that church. But I wish they'd listen to me. They're still looking back at the good old days. So we're in a tricky spot because I want us to look back and remember what God has done. Pastor Bob, we owe a great debt. Amen. He wanted to grow a great family at Oakwood. He worked hard at that. He was good at that. And I loved being here in time to spend a couple of years with Pastor Bob and hear him talk about the history of Oakwood and to sit and bask kind of and look what God has done. And we're all resting on the shoulders of giants when we think back that Pastor Bob spent over 40 years growing a great family. It's good to look back and honor the past. We should but Pastor Bob would hope that that wasn't the only thing that would move and be great. And, you know, I, I'm sure that Pastor Bob would continue to be cheering us on. Oak would keep going. Keep going. I think Pastor Bob would recognize how hard it is to stay a good family when we grow. I'm, I'm sure it's harder to, to get connected in a church of close to 500 than it was in a church of 200. But we still want that. Why? Because we have a past that we can look to and say, a past that we can look to and say, this was the goal. This was the hope for the future that we would grow a great family, grounded in faith, guided by grace, going in love. And so they moved toward the future and God blessed in many ways, even in hardships, Right here, somewhere probably about right here, somebody stood on the first day in this church in an empty shell with no chairs in the room. They all had to bring folding chairs. How many of you were here that day? Anybody remember? Look at that. Yeah, that was, uh, what was it called? Um, rally, Rally Sunday. And they gathered in a corner, brick walls, no stage, just chairs. And they had to rally as a church because the contractor had stolen the money and left them with a shell. Now they had no money and a shell of a building that wasn't finished. But God, and I love that, but God was rich in mercy. And the people were moved to generously give. And they came together and they raised what was needed to finish where we are. We're sitting today in the legacy of what happened in the past. So I want to I want to make sure we're on the same page. And from the moment I got here, I, I loved the fact that Pastor Bob was here with us because I loved that that richness. And to this day I meet people weekly. When I say Oakwood, they say, Oh, I knew Pastor Bob. And I'm like, yes. He is the legacy of growing a great family. I want us to look back helps us to celebrate what God's doing today. But today I want to make sure that we don't just 
focus on what has happened, we remember our God still moves. Amen? Our God still does big things. The God who is able to rally 100 people, 150 people back then to finish a building like this so that there would be a legacy that we could be here today is the same God who moved the Red Seas, <laughs> the impossible times, right? I mean, Oakwood wasn't the first person that came to a point where they said, how are we going to get there? We can't go here anywhere from here. What's going to happen? No, I mean, they were, at the, they were at the sea and there was no other way. And God said, start moving. And as they got into the water, the part, and they walked across on dry land. That same God moved in the hearts of people that finished this building we're in that we're blessed to have. I mean, my biggest problem this morning is it was 74 in here, even though it was set at 69. I'm like, hmm. We're blessed. Anybody with me? We're blessed. God is good. (laughs) So we look back. We look back to the years when Pastor Bob and Janella would get on a bus and take trips and always break down. And we tell the stories, Janella, don't we tell the stories of what God did back then? Because back then, while we're living those stories, we look back and remember what God did further back. And further back. That's why Matthew starts and says, there was a man named Abraham, and from Abraham came Isaac. From Isaac came Jacob. And we have a lineage. Friends, Oakwood Church, in our celebration day, we have a lineage and we're blessed with the past, but the past and everything before the past meant to get us to where we are today so that we can look forward in hope. What's God going to do next? What's God gonna do next? I don't know, but I can't wait to find out. And the good news is, I don't even know if I'll be there with you. You know, every pastor's an interim pastor. Every pastor's there for a while, but my hope is, is that whenever I disappear, Oakwood will continue on. And that nobody would look back at the the years that PD was around and and say, oh, those were the days. Some of you are going to say, oh, those were the days. (laughs) God wouldn't shut up about the carpet. (laughs) My hope is that we look back and somebody said, remember when PD used to yeah, and then somebody would say, yeah, but then remember when Pastor Bob used to, and then somebody would say, remember when Moses used to, and remember when Abraham used to. I mean, we've got a rich past. May it never be the end point, but the launching point. Amen? Amen. I'm going to ask the band to come up and join me. Get my timing right. Da, 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 da. While the band gets in place to, to help us, I'm going to introduce the next chapter, right? because it keeps moving forward. I'm going to ask Chris Lopez, Michael Dunham, Andrew Nearisher, I don't know if that's right, Colton Rodella, Natalie Mosier, Mary McFarlane, Rick and Michelle Bell, Mark and Denise Bell. This is going to be the one. Chad and Joy Wolschlegel, Kyle and Adriana Dyer. Now that's a preemptive one. I'll explain that in a second. But those people come with your families. Go ahead and come to the front and stand across the front here. You can bring people with you from your families. That's great. 
friends. That'd be awesome. All right, Chad, come on, say it for me. What is it? I did say it right. I did really good. Wolfschlegel. All right. Jehoiakim was harder than that. All right. Bringing them up here. A couple of just quick points. The ones on the end here are not quite full dyers yet. The wedding's July 1st. We're right in the middle of our pre-marital counseling. We're going to have a wedding on July. But Kyle said uh, at, at, at our counseling this week, Kyle's like, you know what? I want to get baptized. I want to join the church. I'm like, let's do it. And then we, we got you to do it, and we decided to change it. Your name's been changed in the directory already, so, you know, don't mess this up. Okay. <laughs> the wedding's coming. We got, a, we got a guy here. It's been a long time in the waiting, and Colton's joining us. Colton's been playing on the drums since you were what? What, do you, what year did you start playing our drums? Oh, nine. Oh, nine. Wow. And Colton's now, he's like, let's do this. And so Colton's joining us. Uh, the, the Wool Schlegels, I said that right? Chad and Joy and Eric is with us. Glad to have them. They were in our small group we had at our house. Got to know them. And then we've got uh, Andrew. Now, help me with your last name. Nearsher. I did, I did pretty close on that. Nearsher. Nearsher. Andrew's joining us. Uh, he's going to be baptized in, in a little bit. Um, I, I'm going to wait. I'm going to save a little bit for that, okay? Uh, but uh, just to say, again, Oakwood's a great church. Uh, Tim May. How did you meet Tim? When did you meet him? I met him through his business. Through his business, right? And Tim was integral in Andrew's life. And Andrew was in my office this past week. He's known God. He's had faith in God most of his whole life. But on the couch this week in my office, he asked Jesus Christ to save him, forgive him of his sins, so that he can be baptized today. Yeah. And God used Oakwood. Why? Because God used Tim May. Somebody in our church that just faithfully loves people, talks to people, makes a difference. Tim's going to help me baptize Andrew today. I think that's only fitting. And let's see where we're at. Who haven't I said yet? Where's Michael Dunham at? Michael's there. Michael, excited to, to baptize Michael, Chris Lopez. I've told you his story. What an incredible story and, and humbling at the same time. Who did I forget? Where's Natalie Mosier? Oh, there you are. I didn't see you, Natalie. Good to have you with us. Mary, is Mary McFarlane here? Are we missing Mary? We're missing Mary. And then we've got some bells. Some bella. The Papa Bella pizza is what I think. Uh, right? And if you, if you go in there, be nice. And I'd encourage you to go to Papa Bell's pizza. I love it. It's great pizza. But you'll see this guy exhausted. He's, he's working hard in there all the time. So my wife actually told me, you know, you should go, you should go volunteer and work for Mark. It's the same lady that same lady that yelling at me because she had a dream that okay anyways I don't <laughs> if you need help I'm I'm there if I get to eat for free there um, that's Mark and Denise and we've got uh, Rick and Michelle Bell uh, did I get everybody did I mention everybody all right these are some new members and some family members that are with them I'll remind Oakwood that at Oakwood we don't just um, the kids in your family don't become members automatically we wait until they're 18 and at 18 they need to make their own choice of when and so that's why Colton is you know he grew up coming here and yet it's his choice as an adult and we're glad that he's joining us so these are our new members 